Welcome to the Succeed with Content Strategy podcast, the show that shares knowledge and insights into applying content strategy principles to your marketing and professional efforts. I'm your host, Rebecca Stewart, content strategist, content strategy coach, and co-founder of Content Academy. In this podcast, I share the latest trends and get the inside scoop from business owners, marketers, and content strategy professionals on how their content is propelling them forward. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let's start learning how we can succeed with content strategy. Personal branding is important in this day and age. Whether you're job searching, starting a blog, or embarking on a new business, your story matters. That's why Content Academy is offering a five-hour personal branding and storytelling workshop led by Ben Panzer. Ben is an Emmy award-winning author, podcaster, strategist, storytelling, and business startup coach. He'll spend the day working with you to help define your story and determine how to tell it. Join Ben for his incredibly helpful workshop on Saturday, November 3rd from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Chicago. Visit contentacademy.com slash special events for details. Hey there, we're at episode five, and today we're talking about what content strategists need to know about WordPress and most importantly, Gutenberg. So with me today is WordPress guru and Content Academy co-founder, Scott Winneroth. Scott has been working with WordPress for years. He's been coaching organizations and individuals of how to use WordPress. He has a following of people who are WordPress bloggers, and he knows everything about WordPress. Whenever I have a question about WordPress, I go to Scott. (laughs) So without further ado, Scott, welcome to the Succeed with Content Strategy podcast. Hey, Rebecca, thanks for having me. Excited to talk about WordPress. You know, I'm a little bit of a word nerd, if you will, so I'll try to keep it simple. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Your information is going to be so helpful for not only content strategists, but for bloggers and for any organization who's using WordPress for their website and for their blog. So first of all, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got into WordPress and so forth? Yeah, thanks. Well, I love telling the story. I love talking about myself. No, I'm just kidding. So I started working in public relations. That was my gig. I went to school for journalism and PR and started working in PR agency. And long story short, in 2008, I decided I wanted to build a a blog, my own blog. And I knew I wanted to have a website that was relatively dynamic, more like a news website, more like a, you know, at the time, maybe like the Chicago Tribune or USA Today, more of like a newsy type website, magazine site. So that is sort of when I found WordPress. And WordPress, I love because it had the ability to sort of have your own blog and use it on your own domain name. At the time, you either had blogger, you know, scottwinteroth.blogspot.com or something like that, or, you know, you were on the various platforms that were out there. WordPress had the ability for me to use my own domain name, countrymusicchicago.com, that's what it was at the time, and set up a WordPress site to manage it on my own. And that's when I found WordPress. And It's really interesting because 2008, I started blogging. I had a great time. And I realized that, wow, this platform and creating content and distributing it through the web via WordPress was really a powerful way to market a business and sell your communication strategy on the web. So I fell in love with it. I started coaching it and teaching it and offering freelance services around it. And then eventually you and I 
hooked up, right? And so, right. and con- Content Academy is born, basically. Right, right. In that sort of backstory. But WordPress has grown a lot over the years and love to sort of share what WordPress is today and how you can leverage it for content strategy. Yes, and that's what is so great about WordPress because as someone who has no technical ability is able to use it. Of course, you do need a little bit of that coaching and that's why you mm-hmm. are so helpful and valuable to <laughs> content people because... Busy? Yeah. You, yes, <laughs> right. So I'd love to understand what's going on. So with those of you who do or do not know about WordPress, there's this new editing tool called Gutenberg. And if you're in this space, you probably have heard about this. So I would love for you to explain what Gutenberg is and why we need to know about it. Yeah. So Gutenberg is actually named after the 15th century publisher or who created the Gutenberg Press, right? Who revolutionized how we communicate in the written way. So it's sort of aspirational in a way, but Gutenberg is a project within the WordPress community that is sort of revolutionizing the way that we publish with WordPress. So you may be familiar with what today is called the classic editor, where you go into WordPress, you maybe copy and paste from Microsoft Word or Google Drive, or you write directly into the Gutenberg WYSIWYG editor. And WYSIWYG is an acronym for what you see is what you get. And in there, you have your sort of editing tools like bold, italic, and your headings and that kind of stuff. And ultimately, you would write your post. It sort of looks like a newspaper article or a vertical rectangle. And you would enter your content into that editor and then hit publish, right? And that was basically sort of the workflow of what the traditional WordPress editor is today, actually. But Gutenberg is called a block editing tool that coming in WordPress 5.0, which doesn't have a release date yet, but likely will be at the end of 2018. Gutenberg will be a new visual block editing tool that will allow for users to sort of drag and drop content modules into different configurations. So if you don't want just to have a long vertical rectangle of content, sort of like traditional paragraph style, and you want to maybe have offset images, or you want to have columns of content, the Gutenberg editor is ultimately going to be a new way for us to create content strategically on your blog posts or your web pages. It's really, really a fantastic tool, and I'm excited for it to come. But at the same time, it's actually a bit controversial because we've been using what would be considered the traditional editor, the classic editor for the last 12 years. So people are really familiar with it and people like it for various reasons. And developers have created plugins and themes that sort of center around that traditional publishing experience. And they're a little nervous because this is changing a lot of how WordPress will work in the future. So yeah, that's a little bit of a backstory into it. But ultimately, it turns the the visual editor into blocks So you can literally add multiple blocks of content versus just one big rectangle of content, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm understanding this. So it's basically taking, giving a content person the ability to design a page that's not just, this is it. This is the only page you can get. If you want one page to have an image on the left-hand side and another page to be on the right-hand side, you can do that easily with this. You don't need a visual designer or the developer to change the templates. Precisely. Or for example, maybe you don't have a piece of content that's maybe not traditionally a blog post, but maybe, for example, you have a different type of post called book reviews. 
And the book reviews look different than your blog posts, right? They maybe have a book title and then to the right, they maybe have like the ISBN number or something like that. This will allow you to sort of lay out those types of pages so they can be different than everything else on your website. Traditionally, developers or programmers would create like really complex layouts for that that wouldn't really allow the user to make those changes that they would be done more on the development side. But today, this is going to allow more users like you and me to this be able to create more dynamic layouts, which I think is pushing WordPress into a new era. And just like the Johannes Gutenberg press changed the way people created content way back in the 15th century, hopefully this will change the way people like you and I create content today in the 2018s. You know? so, well, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. And so, I think yeah. it's exciting from a content administrator mm-hmm. point of view. This is, it's very freeing. I feel so empowered yeah. that I can go in and if I don't like the way something looks, I can change that. I don't need to do any huge configuration. It's a content person's dream. Right. And I think that it's also scary in some ways too, because I'll ultimately as content strategists and people who sort of oversee people using the blog, could be scary in some ways too, because you could have people who are maybe designing pages that may not be within your guidelines, you know? Ah, that's a really good point. And that's where, you know, okay, my next podcast is going to be about the importance of content governance and guidelines. (laughs) Exactly. I think that we should put our heads together and see if there's a way that we could create a WordPress plugin to help with that maybe or something. But (laughs) but ultimately that could be scary, but on a good side too, some of the things that I've noticed sort of as features of this is that one, there is going to be what's called like a repeatable or a saved block. So for example, if you have like a company boilerplate, maybe you're in like the financial industry where you need to make sure every post has a sort of disclaimer to it or an affiliate disclaimer, something like that. You can have a save block where you just have to just hit post or hit enter this block into this page and it's done. So that will save some time efficiencies. And also people who use WordPress today may be really familiar or maybe have had experiences using what are called short codes, which is a sort of bracketed little piece of code that tells the editor to insert some type of content wherever that short code is, right? For example, I use a form plugin for like a contact form plugin. And when I want that contact form to show on a particular page or post, I insert a short code to tell WordPress to show that contact form at at that particular spot. Now, what the Gutenberg editor is trying to do is get rid of that short code experience and have a library of modules that I can just pick from. So now the Gravity Form plugin that I used, instead of having to find some short code to put into the editor, I should be able to open up the block library or the module library and just hit, hey, enter the Gravity Form here, which will be really helpful for sort of like the creator's user experience versus developers are are familiar with them. And if you've been using WordPress for a long time, I'm sure you've had some run-ins with short codes over the years. But for new users or people getting into WordPress now, this should be a much easier user experience for getting into laying out pages and posts. Yeah, just the word short code. It's like, oh, <laughs> it, coding. Yeah. I'm a content makes, person. I don't want code. <laughs> yeah, it makes people's blood curl. Yeah, right. but it, yeah, it's really just a piece. Of, it's almost like inserting a sentence, but just because it has the word code in it, people sometimes freeze up. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Is Gutenberg just going to be part of WordPress now or do you have to download it? Yeah, great question. So as of today, you can go in and download the Gutenberg beta tester plugin, 
which is available for free in the WordPress plugin repository on wordpress.org. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that if you are using WordPress, particularly for your own website or for client websites, this is the time to start testing this new Gutenberg editor within your WordPress environment because it's going to become part of core WordPress. And at that time, we may not call it Gutenberg anymore. It's just going to become part of WordPress, right? The project is over, so therefore it's just Ah. WordPress. But ultimately, in WordPress 5.0, we're at WordPress 4.9 point something right now. So this is like literally right around the corner. WordPress is going to launch 5.0, and the Gutenberg editor will be part of that, and it's going to replace the existing editor that you are using today. Now is a good time to check for incompatibilities. And this is for the first time in the WordPress world, if you will, for the most part, that that WordPress is pushing out a functionality that may not be compatible with other instances of WordPress that you have used in the past. So I've been spending a lot of time going through and making sure that existing websites are compatible with what the Gutenberg is offering. And how do you figure that out? Yeah, so you install the plugin and... Ultimately, what happens is when you install the Gutenberg beta test plugin, it will just take over the editor and then you'll have to sort of look at your website to make sure nothing is broken. If you are using a website that is mission critical or high traffic website, then I would recommend creating sort of a backup copy and doing a development environment or a staging environment where you test the plugin with a copy of the website versus using the actual live website. But I will be honest with you from the experiences that I've had testing websites, and I've got some really old websites that, you know, are using lots of old things. I've actually never seen any incompatibilities yet with anything that I've done. So I really think if you are in the sort of category of you have a custom built WordPress theme or a custom built website that is maybe a high traffic website, then you are probably in the most critical zone, if you will, of potentially having incompatibilities. If you have a smaller website or a blog and you've been using pretty standard WordPress features and you should be okay for the most part. But don't hold me to that. (laughs) So you can download the plugin, activate it, and then you'll see the prompts for the Gutenberg tutorials. Additionally, I want to make note too that Gutenberg is coming out in 5.0, which as I mentioned, there isn't a particular release date yet, but there will also be available as a plugin, the classic editor, which the classic editor is the editor that we use today. And since it's going to be available as a plugin, you can always revert back to the classic editor with that plugin should you have incompatibilities. But any progress or any type of forward-moving innovations, I would recommend that you don't sort of just fall back to the classic editor and that you get comfortable using this new editor because ultimately it's going to increase your workflows and really enable you to be more creative with your content. Right. So for those bloggers who set up their blog 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now the person who helped them set up that blog is no longer doing this Mm -hmm. on WordPress. What do you recommend? Because you you had a lot of technical stuff there about backing up and (laughs) setting up a development site. Yeah. How do you, the bloggers who had their site for years, how do they go about this? That's a really great question. If you've always been kind of do it yourself with this, one, you probably want to check with your hosting company to see if there is a way to sort of create a staging site or a development site. And that might be a good blog post for me to create (laughs) and put on contentacademy.com to show people how to do that. But ultimately, one, make a backup of your website. There are numerous backup plugins. One that I use often is called Updraft Plus, which is a free backup plugin where you can create a copy of your website to like an offsite storage, for example, like a dropbox.com. 
and you can use that to back up your website. So should something major happen, you can always revert back to a previous copy of your website. Creating a staging site usually requires someone to set up a subdomain, which gets a little complicated. One, I would ask your hosting company to see if they can provide you with some help with that. That may be like a GoDaddy or a SiteGround or one of those companies. If not, you can always reach out to me. I'm always happy to help uh, guide you in the right direction. But, well, I think that's really, <laughs> everyone needs a Scott in their life. Like, all I would yeah. do is say, Scott, help me with this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So unfortunately, I love the progress and innovation, but obviously sometimes the past pays for the future too. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of make way for this new feature. As a content creator, as a content strategist, you're going to be pleasantly surprised with these new features. But unfortunately, there's a little bit of a hurdle to get us there. And the biggest hurdle is that we don't even know when this is actually going to hit. So when that comes, and we'll definitely try to keep you guys updated as we can. Sorry, shameless plug there for us. Yeah, exactly. Well, but you know, I mean, that's what we're here for. And, (laughs) you know, you did a really great video that I'll link Mm -hmm. of showing the Gutenberg. And when I watched that video, I thought, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. I love this. So what do you like most about it? What I like most about it is the freedom that ultimately I can sort of lay out pages on my own. I don't necessarily need to have a developer or a programmer to create a template for me to work within. I also love the idea that WordPress into a new dimension. To me, it's not so much about the tactical, but that WordPress, like any software, needs to be updated, needs to be kept current. Because the last thing I want to see is people sort of leaving WordPress to use other platforms that might be more dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. So people who are unhappy with the fact that this is a change, I feel sorry for them because ultimately this is going to be something that is helpful for many people and not just for them. And that to me is what is the best part about it is that change is good. You know, it can be bad, but change is good. And ultimately, I think what is going to be pleasantly surprising for us as creators and as strategists is that we are going to see new ways that people are publishing content that is really dynamic and really rich with a really great user experience that will drive more conversions and drive more people who want to actually read your blog or your content. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And really and truly what this is causing is making a content strategy even more important. So when you have this ability to create all these different pages and different designs, you don't want to have a site that's inconsistent or you mentioned the user experience. So Mm -hmm. making sure you have that content strategy of what each page, the intent, what's the purpose of this page? Who's my audience? What do they need to know? How am I going to share that with them? So establishing that content strategy will be so important to help you then design the site. Because now as a content person, you can be the visual designer, the content administrator, the developer, and Mm -hmm. all of this, but you need to have that strategy of you don't want to just go willy-nilly. Absolutely. I think that's something that we're going to see a lot of positive motion within the content strategy content community is the ability for content creators to be more in charge of the entire website. I think the web developer position is going to be squeezed a little bit with the ability for more front-end tools to create the entire website. So Matt Mullenweg, who is the co-founder of WordPress, sort of the guy who's in charge of everything, if you will, has mentioned that he wants to bring the Gutenberg type editing features that we've talked about where you can drag and drop and move things into the entire WordPress experience. So from headers, you know, Gutenberg is really right now just focusing on from like the title of the post down to the comments, right? Like the copy in the middle, the copy of your blog post in the middle. 
but we want to eventually see these type of drag and drop editing features throughout the entire WordPress experience. So including the headers, the titles, the menus, the footers, and so on. So it will be really interesting to see how this all sort of lays out in the next couple of years. So yeah, exciting. It is exciting. Mm-hmm. And now I want it to go live now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. You yeah. can start using well, the Google right, right. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Do you have a prediction of when you think this will drop? Well, we were thinking August, but I'm guessing now it's going to probably be sometime in like October, November. Okay. But I have a feeling it'll be before WordCamp US, which is the national US WordPress conference, if you will. That's usually the first week in December. So I have a feeling it will be before then, hopefully. You know, WordPress is a little different than most software because WordPress is open source. And I think a lot of content creators and content strategists don't understand that per se. So I'm going to get on my high horse here for a second and sort of just talk about open source for one second. That's okay. Perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. Most software that we use is actually called proprietary software. So for example, Microsoft Word, you know, a word processing program is proprietary, meaning that Microsoft Corporation owns it and controls the entire development process of Microsoft Word, right? I can't go in there and change the code of Microsoft Word, even if I had a key to get in there, right? It's all owned and managed by Microsoft and they push out updates and they own everything. WordPress is not that type of software. WordPress is open source, meaning that everyone who contributes to the project is not being paid by a company, right? WordPress itself is a standalone project that anyone can look at the code and and contribute to the code and make changes to the code. And that way it allows for sort of the people who benefit from it WordPress.org is sort of software that people benefit from because I can use this software to build websites for clients. I can use this software to build websites for myself and it's free to use, right? Microsoft Word is not free, but WordPress is free and I can also contribute to it to make it better. And that's what's different is that it's a little more democratic, if you will. I think that's the right word where people who contribute to it are trying to influence the future of it. Whereas Microsoft Word is owned by Microsoft and the CEO of Microsoft is ultimately in charge of what this product does. So it's a little different in this space because ultimately many people are contributing to it and many people benefit from it, but it's not really owned by any one company. It's owned only by the people who use it and contribute to it. So that's a little bit about open source. And I think what makes WordPress different is that people expect it to be a company where you can get support from Like, you know, if you have a problem with Microsoft Word, who do you call? You call Microsoft, right? With WordPress, when you have a problem with WordPress, you don't really call WordPress because it's not that type of software. No one is there getting paid to help with support. Or they call you. Right. They would (laughs) would call someone like me, potentially, or they go on YouTube and find great tutorials and stuff like that. But (laughs) the other thing I want to point out, too, is there's also WordPress.com. What we have been talking about is WordPress.org which is super confusing, I know, but ultimately there are two types of WordPress. WordPress.com is actually more proprietary. It's owned by a company called Automatic and they manage this WordPress install for you with limited features. And also they have a premium plan where you can pay for support, right? WordPress.org, what I use and what we use to deploy our websites is not WordPress.com. It's open source software and I can do anything I want with it. I just want to bring that up. I know I've created some content surrounding the difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org. So uh, Rebecca, I'll send you those links to add to your show notes. But ultimately, I just want people to understand that this isn't traditional software. And this change that's happening with Gutenberg is really, really significant based on the fact that this software, no one really working on the software is getting paid by one particular company. 
So it's pretty fantastic, the features that we get based on the fact that no one really pays for it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to comprehend that. But yeah, yeah, I think every time we talk about WordPress.com versus WordPress.org, it is, it's, mm-hmm. you have to hear it several times before it really sinks in of understanding what that means. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. especially with for those who are thinking about using WordPress and trying to figure out which one it is. So that information that you provide is always very helpful. So I'll make sure we link that. And one of the things that in September, their theme is talking about WordPress through Mm -hmm. Content Academy and all the important aspects of it and why it's so useful for bloggers, for organizations, startups, so many different types of people. Yeah. WordPress is supposedly, I don't know how they calculate this, but WordPress powers over 30% of the World Wide Web. If you think about it, how big the web is, it's a huge, huge portion of all the websites out there. So it's pretty fantastic, the community that has been built around it. And the good thing is, as creators and as users, we can all contribute to it to make it better. I love that. So Scott, if someone did want help from you, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so they can um, email me, scott at contentacademy.com, and I'd be happy to route them to the proper tutorial or see if it's something I can just help them with myself. And then you also do... Workshops? I know you do. I'm not yeah. asking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, we do WordPress workshops. Our probably most popular workshop is the WordPress Intensive, which we spend a half a day sitting down and going through the basics of getting into the self hosted version of WordPress, the open source version of WordPress. And that is something that we offer monthly. So be sure to check out contentacademy.com to see when our next workshop is. Yeah, that's such a great investment and for peace mm-hmm. of mind. You have someone there who knows what he's doing, wants to help. And that is just so useful. And then also, I love for you to tell everyone about your podcast. Yes. Thank you. So ultimately, I love blogging. I love WordPress and all the content stuff that we're talking about. So I started the blog you want in the time you have podcast, which I sort of get into content a little differently. I want to talk about the sort of creative mindset and the productivity around creating content and really helping people amp up getting great content out. Because I think it's really good to have ideas for content, but I know if you're anything like me, sometimes you're time-strapped and you have to figure out ways to creatively get it out that makes sense. So I like to talk about productivity and ways to maximize your workflows and just what great content is so you can maximize your time invested into it. So yeah, it's available on all your podcatcher services, probably if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts is the same thing. But ultimately, if you go to blogyouwant.com, you can check it out. Great. Well, Scott, thank you so much for your time. This is so enlightening. I'm very excited about Gutenberg. It's fun to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as soon as it launches, we'll share it with everyone. And if you want to get in touch with Scott, it's scott at contentacademy.com. Yep, that's that works. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Cool. Thank you. So there you have it. A huge thank you to Andrea Clunder and Edwin Ruiz at the Creative Imposter Studios for editing the Succeed with Content Strategy podcast. Please subscribe so you can hear more interviews from people who are succeeding with content strategy.